Welcome to the Golden Bro Awards, recognizing 2021's best and brightest. I'm your host, Sarah Newman, and I am joined by the College Football Bros. Thank you, Sarah. I am the youngest bro, Michael Newman. I'm the middle bro, Ryan Newman. And I'm the oldest bro, Trey Newman. So this is the fifth annual Golden Bro Awards. The winners were determined uh, by the three bros. We each submitted a top three list for each award. A vote on the top of the ballot is worth three points. A second place vote worth two. And third is worth one. And we have a lot of awards to get to. So Sarah, let's get to the first one. Which team had the nation's best offense? All right. For this one, to me, it felt like this was an easy choice. Uh, the best offense to me was Ohio State. Uh, they led the nation in yards per play by nearly a half yard. They were at 7.6. Second place was was Coastal, Coastal Carolina, and who, you know, of course, they played a much, much worse schedule. So they had the best group of receivers. The line was great. Their freshman QB, Stroud, got better as the year went on. Henderson at the running back stepped up. So to me, this was an easy choice. The Buckeyes were number one. Yep, I had Ohio State number one as well. I had Alabama second. They finished second in SP plus, and really that last game kind of cemented their yeah, their position, up. putting up thirty four offensive points on Georgia, who we thought was you know one of the best defenses ever. So uh, I thought they were a worthy <laughs> worthy number two. Yep, I totally agree with you guys on the top two. I did want to give a shout out to Pitt though. Uh, their offensive coordinator Mark Whipple did a great job with this offense. Kenny Pickett like emerged after having kind of some, you know, average or a little better than average three years, but uh, he had increases across the board. They had the Bolitnikoff Award winner Jordan Addison, so they had a great offensive year. I think you said it right the first time. Average. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's get to the winner. And the golden bro for the best offense goes to Ohio State. Not a lot of drama for that one. No, uh, no. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of drama for our next award either. Uh, what's that, Sarah? Which team had the nation's best defense? Yeah, talk about drama-free. Uh, it's got to be Georgia. Now, we alluded to it. I know they kind of got whipped a little bit by Bama. Um, but you got to remember, even in that game, their offense wasn't putting them in the best uh, of situations. But their dominance really started like we saw it week one against Clemson, where they, they literally won the game themselves. They outscored Clemson's offense. They were first across the board in almost in almost every statistic. They had guys like N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Kendrick. Like You could go on and on. They were just nasty in all three levels. Yep. Easy first, Georgia. I had Wisconsin second just because, I mean, they were amazing. They also had to deal with some really bad special teams and a, and a not great offense, which makes their numbers, you know, in some games look not so great, even though the, the defense played well. Like against Notre Dame, Wisconsin gave up 41 points in that game, but there were two pick sixes. There was a kick return touchdown. So uh, if you isolate their defense, they were incredible. Yep. Those uh, Georgia and Wisconsin were my top two. Um but I, as far as my third place team, I can't believe I have this team in my top three. Like uh, Oklahoma State, I, who would have thought just like a few years back that this would be one of the best defenses in the nation? They were third in total yards, third in yards per play. They were just good all around. I mean, unbelievable job by Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, to get Oklahoma State that good. And the Golden Bro for best defense goes to 
Georgia. It leaves a little sour taste in your mouth after that last game, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It does. <laughs> they got a chance to make up for it. They might be facing them, facing them again in a couple weeks. Yep. All right, moving on. Which team had the best offensive big uglies? So this was a tough one. Uh, not, not an obvious choice for the best offensive line this year. Um, I went with Ohio State, number one. Their, their running game was very good, 5.6 yards per carry, third in the nation. Uh, their sack percentage allowed was seventh in the country. So, And they had four offensive linemen make all Big Ten teams. But, uh, but there were a lot of teams that, that you could have listed, number one. So I'll be curious to see who you guys had. No, I also put Ohio State number one, and it's kind of like if you take out that Michigan game, I think Ohio State has a extremely, you know, real uh, good case to to be number one. But even after that Michigan game, I still think they were there. Um, they just had s- such a good offense. They had the best offense in the nation for a reason, and the O line was a major part of that. But I, it's funny though; I had Michigan at two, so Ohio State, Michigan, boom, boom, right next to each other. And Michigan honestly probably jumped up a bit after what they did to Ohio State in my eyes like those last two oh, games yeah. Ohio State and Iowa just dominating ground on the ground game put put them up in here yep and I actually put Michigan number as my number one team just because mm. of what they did they led the Big Ten rushing fewest tackles for loss in the nation but uh but I but I also had to mention what you know we don't get to mention these teams often but Oregon State and Air Force I had in my top three Oregon State, they did so well at protecting the quarterback, only gave up 10 sacks. They also allowed running backs to average almost three yards before any contact, which is an impressive stat. And then I do got to bring up uh, Air Force. Their nick, their offensive line was nicknamed Diesel, so great name alone. And even though they run that option offense, they were head and shoulders better than anyone in the nation at running the ball this year. So I had to give them a shout out. Yeah, I had Oregon State third as well, so I think that was uh, yeah, well, that was a good pick. That was pretty good. All right, who's the winner? The Golden Bro for the best offensive big ugly goes to Ohio State. Clean it up again. Which team had the best defensive big uglies? All right, this one to me, I, I really, I, I put Georgia number one. Um, they obviously had the best defense, but. They were just so stout up front. That D line, in particular, the the middle of the, the D line, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. I mean, they were just stout. I mean, you couldn't do anything on those guys. It made it so much easier for the rest of that defense. So I thought that was a pretty easy number one. And um, I had Michigan too, though. Again, they kind of finished strong. Aiden Hutchinson with his big performance against Ohio State and, uh, and Iowa. So uh, Michigan surged late on the on the both lines. Yep, I had I had Georgia as well. That was pretty easy, but I was a bit like you, Ryan. I had Michigan where you mentioned Hutchinson, but they had David Ajabo too. Their their ends were probably maybe the best in college football. Um they're the according to Pro Football Focus, the highest graded edge pass rushing tandem. Um they had 83 pressures, 20 sacks, hit the quarterback 16 times. They led the Power 5 in pressure rate, so they were outstanding. Uh Michael, did you have anyone else to add on? I did because this was uh, this was a struggle for me as well. Maybe I should have just put Georgia number one, but I actually went with Pitt first just because, oh, wow. I don't know, maybe it's just a case of four is better than three. It's a different different yeah, yeah. defense. Four, their their four, defensive three, linemen are yeah. put in positions to 
you know, rack up numbers. So, um, but they were dominant against the run, 2.7 yards per carry allowed. And a lot of Pitt's pass rushing productivity came from the D line. Uh, Kalijah Kansi was one of the best defensive tackles in the country. He had seven sacks. Habakkuk Baldonado at defensive end had nine sacks. So they were just well rounded. How, they are, they've had such a good run of D line play for a while now. It's, it's crazy. Insane. They, they yeah. are a factor. Like, what are they yeah. doing? Yeah. I don't know. Coaching well, I guess. Yeah. The Golden Bro for the best defensive big uglies goes to Georgia. Yeah. That, gotta give some under the radar wins here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little they, little old Georgia, a little old Ohio State winning yeah, so far. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some underdogs. Well, this this next category sets up for some underdogs. Yes, it does. Who was 2021 surprise team? All right. Well, I looked at uh some of the preseason win totals for some of these teams and to me my most the biggest surprise team was was Baylor five and a half wins in the preseason over under they ended up winning 10 in the regular season of course they ended up winning the 11th by winning the big 12 title which no one would have thought especially considering year one under Dave Aranda they went two and seven they just turned it around so quickly um they got Bohannon playing great at quarterback with Jeff Grimes Aranda had that defense humming that was super impressive to me. Yeah, that's a good pick. There's there's a lot of good picks that you could go with here. Um, my number one, though, was was Michigan. Um, they weren't a preseason top 25 team. Harbaugh was on his way out. I mean, you know, they, they were really just expecting this almost to be his last year and just less of a buyout. But boom, he goes ends up, makes the playoff uh, and meets Ohio State. That was definitely not expected. Yeah, I had Michigan third, so that's that's a good one. I, I had Baylor first as well, so I, I agree with Trey. Um, also wanted to give a shout-out to Michigan State. Their over-under yeah. was four and a half wins. This seemed like a major rebuilding you know, job for Mel Tucker. They weren't good in his year one, understandably. Uh, but year two, they go 10-2. and two, They beat Michigan. I guess now he's 2-0 and oh against Michigan, so they beat Michigan again. Um, just unbelievable year. But there's, there's, this is yeah, one others. of those awards, though, where we got to list more. Yeah, you got to listen more. Utah State, they had an yeah. over under of three, and they went ten yeah. and three, won the Mountain West. Crazy. Any any others you guys have? I mean Pittsburgh. I, yeah, you got to look at the ACC. <laughs> yeah. Pitt, Pitt yeah. and Wake, the ACC, uh, yeah. you know, championship game. They had over under a seven, over under a six and a half. Wake wins ten games for the first time. Like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Northern Illinois was what two hundred and fifty to one or whatever <laughs> to win. <laughs> the mac and they they did they were zero and six <laughs> last year it was just a lot of teams to choose from but yeah who was the ultimate winner sarah the golden bro for 2021 surprise team goes to baylor ryan Ryan's your bears squad. your, your bears know, won the conference a year, I, two years too late I, for you apparently i chose the wrong year but <laughs> so close who deserves the Lou Broza Award for the nation's best kicker? All right. So to me, the winner of the actual, not the actual, I'm sorry, the less prestigious Lou Groza right. Award, yeah. I thought maybe was the wrong choice. Uh, it went to uh, Jake Moody, right, for Michigan, I believe, won yeah. it. And I thought Nate Needham from Bowling Green, who was not even a finalist, should have won the award. So I'm just going to compare the two of their numbers. Needham was 19 for 20, whereas Moody was 22 for 24. So Needham had a better percentage. But now let's look at the the distance of the kicks. Needham was 10 of 11 from 40 to 49 yards. Moody was 3 for 5. 
So advantage Needham. And from beyond 50, Needham was two for two, whereas Moody was just one for one. So I thought he objectively had a better season. I thought there was, I thought he should have won the award. I, I hear you. I mean, I, it's fair. Moody, the one thing for Moody is he did lead the, the country in 16 of his, his made kicks were beyond 30 yards. I know that's not a whole lot, but he did lead the nation in that category. Um, and then I also looked at a guy like, I had Gabe Burkich on my I lit my list for Oklahoma. Um, his his uh, he he wasn't the most accurate. He did miss six, but I had him up here because he had a big leg. He attempted a lot of long ones, made five from fifty or more, and then he also was hundred and fifty for hundred and fifty on extra points in his career. Oh, I thought you were gonna say this year. I was like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, okay. All right. You know, uh, the, for, for Moody, I can maybe understand, you know, kicking for Michigan, big games also a lot of pressure, need him at Bowling Green. Not so much. I'm just trying How to dare help you. Me, uh, How dare you? <laughs> trying to help Moody out here. Um, no, I had the same one as Michael though. I had, I had, uh, need him number one. I also had Harrison Mevis, um, from Mizzou. He was 20 yeah. of 22, um, three for three from 50 plus and 11 of 13 in the 40 range. So he was just a, a tad bit behind. Uh, Nate Needham, but his brother is actually like arguably could have been up for this award too at Iowa State. Like it's crazy that two bros were very, very good kickers. Wow! If only the three of us were great kickers, that would be yeah. quite a trio. We could but be brosas. Oh, <laughs> Sarah! I don't know why. Who won the brosa? <laughs> the Golden Bro for the Lou Broza Award goes to. Nate Needham, Bowling Green. All right. Good. We need him. We need him. Bowling Green. When you need him, you go to need him. <laughs> I like it. Who was 2021's breakout player? The breakout player for me, number one, based off of what he did for the, his, the previous three years of his career, Kenny Pickett. Uh, his first three years as a college quarterback, essentially the same guy every year. Just an average player. For a decent team, just team that barely made bowl games. This year, all of a sudden, he turns into a stud, a Heisman contender, finished third in the Heisman voting, 42 touchdowns to seven picks, 67% of his passes, like about nine yards per attempt. I mean, he was just, where did it come from? I, I would like to know just like who saw, what, anybody what even clicked? come close to seeing this come? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's And it's not because Whipple had been there a few years. I think this yeah, was maybe year not, like, three for Whipple under uh, with, with Pickett. And I think so. Yeah, it was 13 touchdowns, nine picks the previous two years consistently. Yeah, you would have set the over-under at those numbers probably for, for his Maybe 2021. better. I don't know. Yeah, and but people did always, they recognized the talent in Pickett. Like there was always, he was he was a, an NFL prospect, which when you looked at the numbers, I didn't understand, but I just took the word of the scouts that that he had the impressive tools. But somehow it all came together this year. He was he was my number one as well. I it's He's kind of the perfect example of a breakout breakout player i also had abram smith running back from baylor uh who had 12 career carries coming in this year had moved to linebacker in 2020 then moved back to running back and had 1400 yards on 6.2 yards per carry Mm -hmm. yeah this is another one of those categories where there was a handful of guys you could have had my actual number one though was kenneth walker the third uh you know the wake transfer he just had an insane year he got stymied in a in a couple big games but overall uh, was was 
an amazing season and had his best performance in their rivalry against Michigan. He scored five times, nearly 200 yards against a very, very good defense. So I had Walker up there. Yeah, that was he was my number two. Number three, I had uh, Jamison Williams, uh, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Same here. First two, first two years at Ohio State, just did really nothing. And then, boom, all of a sudden, he's arguably the best receiver in the country. One more shout out. I had him fourth, even though we only had a ballot of three. But <laughs> Andre Carter II, linebacker for Army, had one career sack coming into this season, his junior year. And this year had 13 and a half sacks, third in the country. Just came out of nowhere. Wow. wow. The golden bro for the breakout player goes to... Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh. John Wolford type of year. It really <laughs> it was. Is. This, I'm going to have to change that from the Wolford year to the Pickett year. This was he won up to Wolford for sure. The Pickett slash Wolford. Yeah, he's going to be. Sure. We should we should rename the award Ooh, to the the I, John Wolford Kenny Pickett award. I think the or Wolford Pickett Award next year. This should be called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I like it. All right, moving on. Who deserves the Chuck Brodnark Award for the nation's top defensive player? All right. For me, when I was watching the guys this year, Will Anderson, Alabama, just stood out the most to me. I mean, he was so productive. 15 and a half sacks led led the country, 91 tackles. And I know it's not a combined season award, but over the last two years, he has 124 pressures. The next best guy has 88. So he's just a athletic freak out there. Yeah. And he's closing in on the, the tackles for loss record. He's at 29 tackles for loss on the air. So I had him number one as well. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I don't know the exact scheme differences between what Will Anderson at Alabama is in and, and Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan. Um, I know a lot of people call it insane that uh, Hutchinson finished ahead of Anderson in Heisman voting but I will say for what it's worth Aiden Hutchinson had a higher grade per pro football focus so maybe it's possible he was better maybe it's not a totally unrealistic stance to take but I did have just the numbers uh had Will Anderson number one yeah I mean sometimes people all they look at is the numbers and it's hard to tell if sometimes between some of these defensive players like we talked about earlier with the defensive lines and Michael didn't have Georgia number one well Georgia's lineman really didn't put up that much stats just because that's not the way that their defense is really designed they just completely stout everybody up front and the linebackers clean up but um i actually had i had aiden hutchinson at number one with will anderson at two um you know aiden hutchinson had 14 sacks 15 and a half tackles for loss 58 tackles from his position so you know and he came up big in and in, in obviously their biggest games um he had three sacks against ohio state which you know that kind of was the icing on the cake for me just coming up so huge in a game that they desperately needed um that was kind of set the edge for me but at number three I, I this one's kind of up for debate I mean those guys were clear one and two but at three I put Devin Lloyd same uh, here. from Utah um, 107 tackles seven sacks four picks six passes deflected and he had two touchdowns so he was the best player on Utah's defense and they were a good defense yeah I had him as well a lot of people would put Jordan Davis of course for Georgia and he would be a worthy third. I guess just the number of snaps for me is, is why I went with a guy yeah. like Lloyd over him. Because uh, Jordan Davis, I think, had you know maybe half the snaps that that a guy like Lloyd had. Yep. Not a guy like Lloyd, actually Lloyd. <laughs> 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 but other guys like him too. Yeah. <laughs> the Golden Bro for the Chuck Brodnarik Award goes to Will Anderson, Alabama. No complaints here. Just a stud. No, that's fair. That was one, two. Those guys were one A, one B. 
Who deserves the Davy Bro Bryan Award for the nation's top quarterback? So my my answer here, I guess, is boring, but I, I think it's the right answer. Bryce Young, Alabama, 43 touchdowns, four interceptions, 9.3 yards per attempt. Like we said, he lit up the, the best defense in the country, Georgia, in the SEC title. Um, and there were a lot of new pieces on this offense. I know there's a lot of talented pieces, but new offensive coordinator, um, some some a, a new set of receivers. So it, and, and the offensive line, of course, wasn't you know always as elite as it had been in previous years. So Bryce Young was very important. This was not just like plug any old quarterback into Alabama and they were going to be great. I, I think Bryce Young really was that great. Yeah, I agree. I had him at number one. Um, and after that, it got, it was hard for me. I wanted to give respect to some, some other guys down, you know, down at the small school. So I went with that number two, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. He had 1100 more passing yards than the second place person, which was Will Rogers, uh, at Mississippi state, but he had 56 touchdown passes, 70% completion percentage and about nine yards per attempt. So I mean, he was, it was uh, successful attempts when he was doing it. And, you know, if he was, if he was Alabama's quarterback, I think he'd have an amazing statistical year. And if he was Ohio State's quarterback, he would. So he'd put up those types of numbers. He was just playing for Western Kentucky. Yeah, I, that's fair. Uh, number two, I had Bryce Young, number one as well. You got, we've, we've talked about Kenny Pickett uh, a few times. He was number two, but I did have to also on my bout with CJ Stroud. I mean, we know he has had immense talent around him, maybe the best receiving room in the country, but he was still a freshman, very impressive, very efficient, had over 70% completions, and he finished the year well. Like his last few games were ridiculous. Like against Michigan, he had a very good game. They didn't lose because of him. And then against top 10 Sparty, he, his game, oh, he yeah. was 32 of 35, 432 yards and six touchdowns. And most of that was in the first half. So he finished so strong. He'll be up there next year. Yeah, he was the favorite to win the Heisman uh, before that before that Michigan game. Uh, it was just the loss that, yeah. that did him in. Yep. The Golden Bro for the Davy Bro Bryan Award goes to Bryce Young, Alabama. Easy victory for Bryce Young. Uh, we might be bringing him up later in the episode. We'll see. Who deserves the Golden Bro for the nation's top running back? Which we don't call the Broke Walker Award because that doesn't sound great. <laughs> broke Walker. <laughs> Does not. No. Uh, to me, well, speaking of Walker, uh, Kenneth Walker the third has my number one choice for this. He, is, he had two seasons at Wake and each year he rushed for exactly 579 yards. Although his sophomore year it was in less games, but still 579 yards both years. This year, over 1,600 yards, 18 touchdowns in the Heisman contention until the very, very end. And he just, he was so good. I and mean, when you watch them, just, just watching him, he was so exciting to watch, broke through carries and ran so hard. He he helped that offense so much. Absolutely. He was, he was my number one as well. I did have to give a shout out though to my second and third guys. I had Sean Tucker of Syracuse. He, uh, he was in the top five in the nation, almost 1500 yards doing it as a freshman. And what was impressive is Syracuse didn't have much of a, a, passing offense uh and and they actually used him in the passing game a little bit had a funny social media game as well i was pleased with his performance this year yeah very very good yeah see yeah it's like we planned that mike now and then my last guy i wanted to shout out was lou nichols central michigan led the nation in uh rushing yards for the chippewas mcawain used him a lot in the passing game had 38 receptions led the mac in a lot of categories as well 
Yeah, Kenneth Walker, number one for me. My two and three were Tyler Beatty of Missouri. He had the highest usage rate of any running back in the country, had five games with over 200 yards, and he was third in the nation in receptions for a running back. Uh, So that bumped him to two. And then Deuce Vaughn, number three from Kansas State. Uh, Great runner, over 1,200 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, and he led the nation in receiving yards for a running back. So I kind of like the dual purpose. Oh, you guys didn't have Brees Hall on your list, huh? I had Brees Hall at number two for me. He was close. I He was yeah. close. Career award, number one. Yeah, maybe that's kind of what it was for me. The golden bro for the nation's top running back goes to Kenneth Walker III, Michigan State. Congrats on the broke walker, Kenneth Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Who deserves? the bro litnikoff award for the nation's top receiver all right well before the season wouldn't have thought we'd have a couple of pit guys or, or even referencing pit this much on this episode but i have jordan addison uh he was top five in receiving yards almost 100 receptions and he just thrived this year in the offense with with kenny pickett and even when when taser mack pits other kind of go-to receiver went down halfway through the year. Addison became the clear number one target, and he still thrived. He put up huge numbers, actually, in the final five games and helped win the, the AC, ACC title. Yeah, that's a fine pick. Um, didn't have him number one. I had Jamison Williams uh, from Alabama, uh, the former Ohio State transfer. He had over 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, and his per-catch average is what stood out to me. Uh, 21 yards per catch i mean that is some big time numbers from him he really stretched the field just a stud playmaker man he was uh he was fun to watch yeah those are that's my one too i had jordan addison number one like trey i had jameson williams number two um jameson williams led the nation in yards after catch per reception with 9.9 um and i know a lot of people talk about how there were no ohio state receivers at the bolitnikoff awards or as bolitnikoff finalists which seems crazy because they clearly had the best receiving core in the country. But I think that's sort of the problem. It just was, yeah. they all kind of cut into each other's uh, production. So you could have had like Jackson Smith and Jigba up there. I think he was their, their yeah. leader in yards. But I don't think it was ridiculous that that yep. you know none of them won it. Anybody else? I had Jareth Stearns uh, for Western Absolutely. Kentucky. He, yep. he led the nation in receiving yards. and 137 he kinda, he receptions. And- Next closest was 98. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty wide margin. Okay, but who's the winner, Sarah? The Golden Bro for the Bro Litnikoff Award goes to Jameson Williams, Alabama. Surprising result because Trey and I both had Jordan Addison number one, and yet well, I was going to say what oh, the heck happened? <laughs> didn't get the points because Ryan, you left. Oh, I left you didn't have Jordan completely. Addison on your ballot, so the way the points no, added up, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Wow, wow, Jameson Williams that- got the win. Everybody else was just fast forwarding. I already know who's going to win. Jameson Williams, though, like (laughs) to his credit, like every every Alabama highlight this year that came up, like during a game, it seemed like he was going on a long score. So, exactly. He is so fast. He's a freak. Who deserves the Frank Broyles Award for the nation's top assistant coach? Frank Broyles. I am going number one, Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator at Baylor. Came over from BYU uh, last year and took over an offense that was 93rd in FPI for Baylor. And this year, they're breaking in a new quarterback, Gary Bohannon. It seemed like there was no way this offense would be good. 
and they ended up finishing 24th so they had a really good offense uh you know right away under grimes yeah i think i would i would pretty much fight anyone that that said grimes wasn't number one because like Ooh. what i mean bring it on i mean i'm pretty we, i feel pretty good got, about it i gotta back it up though because you know zach wilson last year at byu we saw what he did but then this year he really validated it um because baylor's offense last year was 101st in scoring offense 23 points a game this year not a whole lot of new place pieces he comes in finished in the top third averaged almost 33 points clearly was the difference of as to why they ended up winning the big 12 title so i had to had to mention him but i also have jim Knowles. uh ryan is that your number one no okay well then i'll say jim Knowles, oklahoma state d coordinator he obviously ended up parlaying this to become the ohio state d coordinator uh his defense was great in all three phrases and surprisingly was the reason that they were in the big 12 title because of their defense yep all right those are good picks all right who am i gonna fight um, you over <laughs> yeah yeah bring it bring it uh i'm going jim leonard uh dc at uh um wisconsin um the fewest yards per game given up by far system. the lowest in ru- hey it's his system <laughs> it's his system no, it's, it's incredible i'm not i'm not discounting that <laughs> i mean and he they were tied for the lead in yards per play um and you know like michael mentioned earlier they were hamstrung by a bad offense at times and uh, struggling special teams at times so you know to uh, to kind of keep that level of play at the essentially one of the best defenses in the country that defense was was awesome leonard's been great i'm surprised that leonard's name didn't get brought up more in the coaching carousel this year like i don't remember him being a candidate for for really any of the jobs um but i also got to ring up zach kitley western kentucky came in from Houston Baptist and took over what was one of the worst offenses in the country last year, Western Kentucky, and brought a few few of his players with him, brought Zappy, and they were one of the best this year. Yep. Mark Whipple, got to give him some credit because uh first two years, not so great, but or whatever it was, and yeah. boom, all of a sudden, pit, baby. He's going to do the same thing in Nebraska. Hopefully it doesn't take oh. him two years this time. Yeah. <laughs> he won't have that long to do it. No. All right. Who's the winner? The Golden Bro for the Frank Broyles Award goes to Jeff Grimes Baylor. Thank goodness uh, Trey doesn't oh, have to fight man. Sarah. That would have been that would have been awkward. Oh, that yeah, it would have been ugly. <laughs> ugly for you. I did. Hundred percent. Call an ambulance, but not for Sarah. <laughs> Next one. Who deserves the Home Depot Award for the Head Coach of the Year? Um, Luke Fickle. Anybody else says anything different? I'm gonna fight him. Well, you're gonna <laughs> no, have to fight me. You're gonna have to fight me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> he went undefeated, man. Yeah, come on. No, he no, was. Fickle incredible. wasn't. He wasn't in my top ten. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I had him second, <laughs> and I, you could easily have him first. Obviously, he took a, a G5 team to the playoffs. I know who That's, Michael's picking, but who am I picking? Jim Harbaugh. No, no, I don't. He wasn't in my top three, but he was. He was on the list lower down. Um, It's just, it's hard. This one. It's very hard. The storyline of Fickle is amazing and sort of like a, he deserves it this year for a sort of, um, not career achievement, but just what he has achieved. Culmination of a couple years. Exactly. That was well put, Ryan. So I won't even add to that. But but I had number one, Mel Tucker, Michigan State, just because Mm. I had talked about it earlier, just how 
the the program was in such a rough spot when he took over and and then this year was not expected to be good and he seems to have changed the culture very quickly made great pickups in the transfer portal like i said earlier their season win total was four and a half and they go ten and two so i just thought i often look at this award as as wins above expectation that's fair i i actually did have harbaugh at number one just because of they were really bad last year two and four they were going to be a 30 point dog to ohio state but game got canceled to COVID, and then boom year later 12 and one when the big 10 beat ohio state like and they're improving so i had him and then i also had uh dave aranda in my top three just we kind of alluded to it earlier yeah. but what a turnaround from last year and obviously they were they did much better than they were expected, winning, of course, the Big 12 title. Okay, let's see if Ryan has to fight Sarah. <laughs> the Golden Bro for the Home Debro Award goes to Luke Fickle, Cincinnati. Oh, she's She lucked out there. Okay. <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> what was 2021's Game of the Year? It's a tough one. A lot of great choices. We'll have to to give some honorable mentions uh, for whatever we don't bring up here. But my number one was the Red River Showdown, Texas OU, because this was when we still thought Texas might be really good. And they were up 28 to 7 at one point. Couldn't have been a worse start for Oklahoma. And this, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley ended up putting in Caleb Williams to lead Oklahoma back. There were the ending was crazy. There were four touchdowns in the final eight minutes. It was kind of back and forth at the end there. And Kennedy Brooks had the game-winning pretty much walk-off uh 33-yard touchdown run to win it 55-48 so that was just at the time that was of course in hindsight i guess the stakes weren't exactly huge in terms of playoff but it was an amazing game at the time well you could argue that it was that ended up spiraling texas's season that's true it seems like it did um i i had a different number one i had uh ohio state and michigan and maybe it wasn't the the most exciting literal game like the ending or anything it was a 42 27 win for for michigan but it did come down to the, the last moments there they uh michigan kind of got a late touchdown to ice it but just the come this the the build up to the game how harbaugh was just kind of trying to get over the goliath of ohio state and beating them it wasn't a much better story in college football than michigan beating ohio state so to me that kind of just made it the game of the year yeah it was a cool atmosphere too the snow for Mm -hmm. me um texas a&m alabama Uh, a&m they built that big lead early uh which was kind of surprising because they had zach calzada in there and their offense for the first month of the year was pretty inept, but they were moving it on on number one Alabama. But then, of course, Bama rallies back. Jamison Williams uh, scored a couple times. They took the lead, but this game had there were block punt touchdowns, kickoff return touchdowns, and then it kind of all finished with that Seth Small field goal at the horn to for the upset, and then that viral video of uh, his family after the game was fun to watch. Oh yeah, it was. That was a great moment. Okay, let's have Sarah give the the award, and we'll we'll come back with some honorable mentions. The Golden Bro for the Game of the Year goes to Alabama at Texas A and M. It's always nice to see Bama lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> no. Uh, had to bring up just the, the the first game of the season, pretty much right. Notre Dame, Florida State, or at least the kind of first. Oh big, yeah. Big moment of the season was that was, was Monday that night. Up yeah, 
Monday night. Oh, yeah. that's right. So my, my mistake. It was just the first kind of weekend. Um, yep. Yeah. The, the capper to the first weekend. But that was just incredible with Mackenzie Milton coming in off the bench to lead Florida State back, lead him to overtime. It was just an insane game. That was yep. that was cool. That Milton moment. Yeah. The big Big Twelve title game, of course. Oh. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Just the the ending was just absolutely insane. Yeah, mainly the crazy. ending. Uh, also, for me, a couple rivalries. Bedlam. There was just so much at mm-hmm. stake in Stillwater conference title berth and lead changes, and and Okie State was obviously able to pull it off. And then that same weekend, of course, the Iron Bowl. Uh, Alabama was clutch at the very end. Ended up going four overtimes. Rivalry rivalry yeah. weekend this year was about as good as it got. Mm-hmm. Other games: Illinois, Penn State went nine overtimes, and then <laughs> uh, Kansas beating Texas. That was incredible. Yes, that was wow. awesome. And oh, how about Ole Miss? Ole Miss, Tennessee, just for the the spectacle of throwing golf ball on the field. <laughs> just kind of crazy. That was a crazy scene. Who should take home the highly coveted Heisbro Award for the nation's most outstanding player? All right, pretty pretty simple and kind of boring for me, but uh, I went Bryce Young. Uh, extremely efficient. We've talked about it. He's put up he put up some gaudy numbers, and you know you kind of wondered how Bama would be without Mac Jones and um, Devontae Smith, but he helped them not miss a beat. And the other thing I liked about him, we, we've talked about how he looked against Georgia, which was incredible. That pretty much clinched it for me. But how he did in the, in the clutch moments in the Iron Bowl, led a very uh, important drive to end up tying the game late in the game, and then in overtime made the, the plays to win. So that kind of put him over the top for me. Yeah, I had Bryce Young number one as well. And second, I had Kenny Pickett, just because of how much he elevated Pitt this year. I know Jordan Addison, obviously broke out as well and that was a huge help but Pickett's overall supporting cast I think was not nearly as good as some of the other top candidates especially the quarterbacks yeah same one two for me and I actually put Aiden Hutchinson at third um, I, I just it's the most outstanding player not the most outstanding offensive player so I want trying to give folks uh, on defense a little love and I feel like I've done that in past years too but they just I mean if you're the best player like on defense how come you I, I wish they'd win the Heisman more man I wish they would. Like if if Sue can't win it, who can? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had I had Will Anderson second on my ballot. True. I, I had him third. Okay. I had him third. But uh, yeah, it's it's just tough. It is tough because it, it's hard to ignore the. I don't know. I don't really have a set philosophy, honestly, on how to select a winner for this award. It is sometimes hard to avoid quarterbacks because they literally they are the most important. I know that's not. Yeah, necessarily what the award says, but it's just hard for anybody to be nearly as valuable as a quarterback. But, uh, but yeah. I see, I see the argument for defensive players, especially this year. And the Heisbro goes to Bryce Young, Alabama. Okay, one more, one more award for Sarah to introduce. Let's go. Who deserves the award for the honorary fourth bro? Wow. So we're, we're always gaining new listeners, which we, of course, call our, our fourth bros. And we typically don't like to play favorites, but I think this <laughs> year there's a clear favorite. You guys, you guys think so? We have a favorite, uh, favorite new fourth bro? Well, I, I, I know Trey certainly does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for he's sure. A, Trey's playing favorites. He's, he's a true, <laughs> true bro. Yeah, he is. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to that winner, Sarah. 
The golden bro for the honorary fourth bro goes to Baby Row. Yeah, thank you. Yes, Yay, yes. Trace, my son, my son was born uh, before the season, and he had a a fun year one of uh, college football. And it makes sense that he's honorary fourth bro. Oh, that's right. The fourth. Being Roger, the fourth. Roger the fourth. Good point, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> there you go. All right. Big win for Roe. Um, I'm sure he's going to be thrilled with it. He is. He's <laughs> crying as we speak. No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, he's so emotional about it. He's very, yeah. very emotional. <laughs> All right. Let's get some rapid fire awards. Uh, oh, a, a fitting one for, for Roe. He he's maybe yeah. a, an opportunity to win this as well. <laughs> that's right that's right the diaper dandy award goes to row now but uh no we're talking about true freshmen here and so my nominees were caleb williams of oklahoma we we talked about he replaced rattler in the red river rivalry had some momentary uh heisman talk i also had Trevi- trevion henderson backed up his number one recruiting ranking the ohio state running back was was uh was great Colin Oliver, top 10 in the country with 11 and a half sacks for Oklahoma State. Very disruptive. But ultimately, the winner of the Diaper Dandy Award is Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. Uh, Could be arguably the the best tight end overall. He was their top receiving threat for Georgia. Uh, He led Georgia in yards, catches, and touchdowns. Pretty remarkable as a freshman. And he's from a great town. Nobody knows. Okay. Where's he Napa. from? Napa. Ah. From Napa, California. Like a fine wine. Yes. Yes. There you have it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he put up numbers yeah. that not a lot of tight ends put up. So that that makes yep. sense. Uh, all right. Next award is the best stat line of the year. And some of the runner-ups were at quarterback Bryce Young against Arkansas, 31 of 40, 559 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Algier, running back for BYU, 29 carries, 266 yards, and five touchdowns against Virginia. Wide receiver Trayvon Rudolph of Northern Illinois, 13 catches, 309 yards, and three touchdowns against Kent State. And then I've got two defensive runner-ups. Uh, Missouri linebacker Blaze Aldridge, 10 tackles, six tackles for loss, and three and a half sacks against Central Michigan. And finally, Stephen Jones of App State had Three picks, including two pick sixes against Arkansas State. But the Golden Bro for the best stat line of 2021 goes to Malik Cunningham of Louisville for his performance against Duke. 303 passing yards, five touchdowns, no picks. And then on the ground, 11 carries, 224 yards, and two touchdowns. Just an insane game. Yeah, but it was Duke. Who cares, <laughs> no, Ryan? We don't. We, these these are not stat <laughs> adjusted. Not team. Uh, opponent adjusted stats in the stat line. I was of the trying year. to do the do the Gundy right when he was talking about the the guy throwing picks against Rutgers or something like that or what was it? Oh, that does sound remember familiar. That? I don't remember, remember what you're you saying. Have to look that. I was like, yeah, but most of those were against Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rutgers is decent now. Hey, now they are. Yes, yes. No, this was a couple years back. Anywho, uh, oh, sorry, Trey. Ryan's <laughs> uh, <laughs> word of the year. <laughs> <laughs> all right our next award is for play of the year and some of the runners up for play of the year are 
Uh, Jordan, or sorry, J. Ron McVay's tackle in the Big 12 title game, uh, the very last tackle against Desmond Jackson running there for Oklahoma State, just it looked like the Jasmine Jackson was going to get there. McVay so didn't dramatic. Really, like, ta- he didn't really tackle him. He just kind of like, I mean, it was a millimeter close to getting that ball, ball on that pylon. So any touch would have kind of stopped it. So he had a good one there. Uh, Jacksonville State quarterback, Zarek Cooper, uh, threw a, what, well, how long was it? Here was a 59-yard practically Hail Mary uh, for Jacksonville State to beat Florida State, even though it wasn't a Hail Mary to the end zone. Caught it and had to do a little run, but that was a crazy moment just to upset Florida State. Uh, Texas Tech's uh, Jonathan Garibay, 62-yard field goal to beat Iowa State as time expired. But the ultimately winner for play of the year goes to Kansas walk-on fullback Jared Casey's game-winning catch in overtime against Texas. They were going for two, and he caught it. And He hadn't played a single offensive snap the whole season and he comes in and does that just the moment of the year that was awesome that is a good pick there uh what's next we have got the g5sman so we're looking at the best group of five players here and some of the nominees are lou nichols led the nation in attempts and yards for the chippewas McElwain used him a lot led the mac in a lot of categories jareth stearns he was an incredible receiver uh, Bailey Zappi's favorite target second in the nation was 1700 yards we alluded to it earlier he had 137 receptions which was way ahead of second place by over 30 receptions uh, Devin Tompkins helped to lead Utah State to a surprising Mountain West title he was also uh, a premier receiver in in the nation almost 17 yards per grab um, and then Grayson McCall got to mention he his yards per attempt led led the nation by a wide margin, but ultimately the winner of the G Fivesman is Bailey Zappi. Took the country yep. by storm, transferring in. We talked about him before, leading the country in in passing yards. Just an insane amount of uh, offensive production that he he had for the Hilltoppers. I agree with that one. The deserving winner. All right, let's move on to upset of the year. And uh, first runners up for upset of the year, I have Jacksonville State. I just mentioned it. They were 27 and a half point dogs at Florida State. They ended up winning 20 to 17 on that remarkable play. Uh, Bowling Green was 30 and a half point underdogs at Minnesota, and they ended up pulling it out 14 to 10. Another game I talked about, Kansas. They were 31-point underdogs at Texas. Won that crazy game uh, in overtime, 57-56. But ultimately, uh, the Golden Bro Award for upset of the year goes to UL Monroe. They were a 32-and-a-half-point underdog hosting Liberty, and they beat them 31-28. A huge win for uh, UL Monroe. All right. The final award of the night is the Art Sitkowski Award for the worst passing stat line <laughs> of the year. Some of the nominees were Art Sitkowski of Illinois against Penn oh, State. No. Eight for 19, 38 yards, one interception. He also took four sacks and fumbled twice. <laughs> and he was 0 for 2 on two-point conversion attempts in overtime. So a worthy, worthy game there. Jason Bean of Kansas, 3 for 10 for 10 yards, 
zero touchdowns, two, <laughs> two picks against Oklahoma State. These are not wow. the winners. These are just the runner-ups. Uh, wow. Donovan McCauley of Indiana uh, did have a good running game, but this is a passing stat line only. So three for seven, 17 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks against Minnesota. But the winner of the Art Sitkowski Award is... CJ Montez of New Mexico against Colorado State was three for 19 passing for 11 yards, mm. zero touchdowns, <laughs> two picks, and he also took four sacks and lost a fumble. Oh my God. 19 attempts for 11 yards? Yeah, that's not a great average. Three for 19. Less than one. Wow. wow. So Yikes. there you have it. Poor Lobos. Poor Lobos. But <laughs> a great night. Thanks for listening to the 2021 Golden Bro Awards. Thank you to Sarah for announcing the awards. We appreciate that. Congrats to all the winners who I'm sure are completely thrilled right now. Oh, yes. Let them know on Twitter that they won. Maybe maybe they'd like Ro, to hear Ro it. Ro is actually walking now. It's unbelievable. Oh, Ro is walking. Wow. It's such a young <laughs> it's, age. It's unbelievable. It provide, it, it. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening. And we will see you next year for the sixth annual Golden Bro Awards. No episodes till then. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.